Morning. Welcome to Barah Ministries, an intimate local Christian church with worldwide impact. My name is Pastor Rory Clark. Thanks for listening to this Bible lesson. Why did God the Father create Barah Ministries? Well, Barah Ministries is provided by God for the benefit of both unbelievers and believers in Christ. We give unbelievers the gospel message, the accurate gospel message which is the good news concerning Jesus Christ's salvation offer. And then we teach believers in Christ the Word of God, the Bible, the inerrant canon of Scripture, so that those who study the Word can have a deep, intimate, and personal relationship with the Lord. Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior, and He is God. And as believers in Christ, we affirm His deity, by placing our faith in 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 6, which says this, For us believers in Christ, there is but one God, the Father, from whom all things come, and we exist for his good pleasure. And there is but one Lord, God the Son, who took on human form as Jesus the Christ, the Jewish Messiah, by which Lord are all things created, and we exist through him. At Barah Ministries, we introduce people to the Lord, and we make a difference by teaching the word of God from God's perspective, verse by verse, rather than from man's perspective. We are not teaching as doctrines, the precepts of men. Now, you've probably heard the Lord's Prayer as, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, and the rest. But the real Lord's Prayer is John chapter 17. On the night before he was crucified, the Lord prayed for his believers. One aspect of the prayer concerned the Word of God. In John chapter 17, verse 17, the Lord makes a request of his Father. Sanctify believers in Christ in the truth, Father. Set them apart with the Word for your privileges, your Word is truth. And if you've never really taken a look at John chapter 17, amazing all the things that the Lord is asking for on our behalf. At Barah Ministries, we encourage believers in Christ to gather themselves together with other believers to study the Word of God instead of doing Bible study alone. Being with like-minded people is immeasurably valuable. God, of course, has an enemy, Satan, whom God made the ruler of this world for a finite period of time. He is a deceiver 
who hates everyone in the world, including you and me. In John chapter 12, verse 31, the Lord says, Now judgment is upon the world. Now the ruler of this world, Satan, will be cast out. He will be dethroned from ruling planet Earth at a future time. We look forward to that. Religion, which is Satan's strategy against the human race, deceives many into thinking they are saved when they might not be. And it works really well. Billions of people are deceived. Satan sends liars to teach about a counterfeit Christ and a counterfeit gospel message. The word of God is the truth, and it illuminates Satan's insidious deceptions. And as believers in Christ, we are in union with Christ, and we have the victory over Satan through our Lord who has overcome the world. So, as we transition to the study of Galatians chapter 5, we're going to learn, let me see, I, I think I skipped ahead. Today's Bible lesson, did I miss something? Okay, aha, I did skip ahead. So, Satan's strategy against the human race is religion designed to make us either indifferent or antagonistic to God. In Matthew chapter 23, verse 15, the Lord castigates those who are religious. He says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You travel around on sea and land to make one convert to your religion, and when he becomes converted, you make him twice as much a son of hell as you are. Religion deceives many into thinking they are saved when they might not be. And it works really well. Billions of people are deceived. Satan sends liars to teach about a counterfeit Christ and a counterfeit gospel message. The Word of God is the truth, and it illuminates Satan's insidious deceptions. And as believers in Christ, we are in union with Christ, and we have the victory over Satan through the Lord, who has overcome the world. Today's Bible lesson, God truly wants his people to be free. God truly wants his people to be free. When parents have children, often they want to mold the children into exact replicas of themselves. Because each of us is unique, this can never work. One reason children rebel against their parents is they don't like being constricted in this way. The Lord Jesus Christ is the perfect parent. He wants each of us to discover our uniqueness through freedom of choice. So in today's lesson, as we transition to the study of Galatians chapter 5, we'll learn the Lord's motivation for having the Apostle Paul write the letter to the Galatians. Let's hear some music. The Lord went to the cross to provide freedom for all his creatures. Yet he certainly doesn't want us to use our freedom improperly. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 16 says this, Act like free people act. Don't use your freedom as a covering for evil, but use your freedom to become bond slaves of God. Bond slave. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, service to the Lord. A doulos in Greek. Austin French sings to us about the glory of being free in his song, Freedom Hymn.
push, I pull, go back and forth, finding myself. Pounding on a locked door, I try to make it out alone without your help. But I know I never win this war. I can never be, never be free without you. I can never be, never be me without. songs, isn't it? Let us pray. We're grateful, Heavenly Father, for the privilege of studying your absolute truth, the Word of God. Father, thank you for making us free. Thank you for the sacrifice of your Son who went to the cross to die for our freedom. Thank you for the gift of faith, which allows us to place our complete confidence in you. Thank you for teaching us through the Word of God how to be great Christians, to trust you for everything and to trust ourselves for nothing. And thank you for God the Holy Spirit who leads us into all the truth. He is our rudder in this lost and dying world. As we study today's message, bring together for us all the things you've been teaching us about false teachers and false teaching. 
boil all the messages down into the simplicity you use to keep us unconfused. Give us the spiritual eyes to see the deceptions we've allowed ourselves to be victims of so we can gravitate away from deception into your truth. We ask this through the power of God the Holy Spirit. In Christ's name, say it with me. Amen. Amen. Today's Bible lesson, God truly wants his people to be free. God truly wants his people to be free. Will we continue our study of Paul's letter to the Galatians in chapter 5? And we'll study the first 15 verses of chapter 5, verse by verse, to get an understanding of the importance of freedom as God wills it for his creatures. And if we were to select one verse in the letter to the Galatians that is the main message of the letter, it is Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. Let's hear the whole passage before we begin to dissect it. Galatians chapter 5, verses 1 to 15. It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, keep on standing firm in the freedom and do not be subject again to the yoke of slavery. Galatians chapter 5, verse 2. Behold, I, Paul, say to you, believers in Christ, that if you receive circumcision, Christ will be of no benefit to you. Galatians 5.3 And I testify again to every man who receives circumcision that he is under obligation to keep the whole law. Galatians chapter 5, verse 4 You have been severed from Christ. You who are seeking to be justified by law, you have fallen from grace. Galatians 5.5 5. For we believers in Christ, through the Spirit, by faith, are waiting for the hope, and that's hope in Greek, the absolute confidence of our imputed righteousness. And we're, at the moment of salvation, we're given Christ's righteousness, and that gives us hope that all of the promises that God has made to us about being righteous are true. That's why believers in Christ should never be thinking about their sins, because they're paid for. And that is not license, it's liberty. And we don't say, okay, well, because it's paid for, I can act like a five-year-old and do whatever I want. We say, thank you very much. But we don't obsess about that. We obsess about fixing our eyes on Jesus, the, the author and perfecter of our faith. Galatians 5, 6. For in union with Christ Jesus... Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything, but faith, working through unconditional love, means everything. Galatians 5.7 You Galatian believers were running the race of your spiritual life well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? And it's always a who. Galatians chapter 5, verse 8 This persuasion didn't come from the Lord who calls you to the privileges of salvation. Galatians 5.9, a little leaven leavens the whole lump of dough. Galatians 5.10, I, Paul, have confidence in you who are in union with the Lord that you will adopt no other view, but the one who is disturbing you will bear his judgment, whoever he is. Galatians 5.11, but believers in Christ, if I still preach circumcision as the Judaizers claim, why am I still persecuted? 
then the stumbling block of the cross has been abolished. Galatians 5.12, I wish that those who are troubling you would mutilate themselves. Ouch. (laughs) That did not sound good. Galatians 5.13, for you were called to freedom, brethren. Only don't turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh, that part of you inside that is antagonistic toward you, toward God, and toward everything that's meaningful in this life, which God didn't remove at the moment of salvation. He easily could have, but it's one of the things that keeps us from ever getting arrogant. Instead, through unconditional love, learn to serve one another. Galatians 5.14, for the whole law is fulfilled in one word in the statement, you shall love your neighbor unconditionally as you love yourself unconditionally. Great question to ask yourself. Do you love yourself unconditionally? Or are you a rubber hose person who's always beating yourself up about the things that you do that you know are off base? Galatians 5.15, but if you bite and devour one another, take care that you are not consumed by one another. So that's the passage of study for today. Let's begin our verse-by-verse study of this passage to see what Paul is saying to the foolish Galatians who Paul says have been bewitched. Galatians chapter 5 verse 1, it was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, keep on standing firm in freedom. And to not be subject again to the yoke of slavery. As we know, the people of the churches Paul established in the Galatian region, which is modern-day Turkey, are believers in Christ. That's a really important point. They're believers in Christ. They are saved. They are eternally secure. They are going to heaven. They're believers in Christ. They are people who are saved through investing their faith in Christ, for salvation. Now, once a believer is saved, he's saved for all time. Because an unchanging God saves us, we can never lose our salvation. John chapter 10, verse 28 says this, I give eternal life to believers in Christ. That's the Lord speaking. I give eternal life to believers in Christ, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. Galatians chapters 5 and 6 Is Paul's transition from the doctrinal in chapters 1 through 4 to the practical in Galatians 5 and 6. The Judaizers came in after the salvation of these believers in Christ to disrupt their confidence about being saved. And that's the thing that is always so difficult for us as believers in Christ is people are trying to make us feel bad that we're being free. Make us feel bad that we're human. Make us feel bad that we say we cuss a little. Why? We all do it. We all do things that aren't the best decisions. But God never looks at us that way. So the Judaizers introduced a false gospel that involved doing works to be saved, and they contended that without doing these works, there is no salvation. Well, if you don't stop drinking, you can't be saved. Oh, if you don't light a menorah, you can't be saved. Oh, this and that and the other thing, and you can't be saved. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta. It's the same today. 
Satan, the enemy of God, and his demonic forces use every trick in the book to get believers in Christ to doubt their salvation. And Paul made it clear in the first chapter of the letter to the Galatians that the false gospel must be disregarded. Don't let it get in your head. Don't let Satan get a condo in your head. Don't let him move the furniture around in your head so that you, are, you start doubting what God has told you. In fact, Paul was a lot stronger about it. In Galatians chapter 1, verses 8 and 9, you may remember he said this, Even if we, and Paul is referring to himself and the other apostles, or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to what we have preached to you in the past, he is to be accursed. That means he should be eternally condemned in the lake of fire. And just to make sure that the point got across, he said it again in verse 9. He says, as we've said before, so I say again now. Repetition. If any man is preaching to you a gospel contrary to what you received from me, he is to be accursed. He should be eternally condemned in the lake of fire. Well, after the Galatians became believers in Christ, the Judaizers came in to recommend that these Galatian believers go backward to be under the Mosaic law, the law they were just freed from by Christ. Paul says no. Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, it was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, keep on standing fast in the freedom and don't ever again be entangled in the yoke of slavery. The Galatians had a choice, according to Paul, freedom or the yoke of slavery. Well, what is a yoke? It's a device hung around the necks of animals, and it's used to lead them in the direction you want them to go. The Judaizers were offering the Galatian believers such a yoke. Take on this works-based philosophy And we'll use that to lead you where we want you to go and where they wanted us to go is away from Christ. At the cross, the Lord freed us from the yoke, which included a host of maladies. He freed us from the problem of sin. Romans chapter 6, verse 12 says this, Therefore, in light of the Lord's work on your behalf at the cross, do not keep letting sin reign in your mortal body, so that you obey its lusts. He freed us from the tyranny of yokesters and from the fear of death. Hebrews chapter 2, verses 14 and 15. Therefore, since the children of God share in flesh and blood, the Lord Jesus Christ himself likewise also partook of the same, becoming flesh and blood, 100% true humanity, that through death, he might render powerless him who had the power of death, the devil, and might free those who through fear of death were subject to slavery all of their lives. Believers in Christ, do you fear death? Are you scared about what's going to happen to you when you close your eyes in this life? I can't wait. I will wait, but I can't wait. Amen? Let's get out of here. Are you afraid to die? Can liars successfully dupe you about who the Lord is 
Well, if so, you certainly aren't paying good attention to what's being taught in this ministry. The Lord freed us from Satan's control. 1 John chapter 3, verse 8 says this, The one who practices as a lifestyle sin is of the devil. For the devil has sinned from the beginning. The Son of God appeared for this purpose, to destroy the works of the devil. See, that's what unbelievers uh, use as a lifestyle. Their whole lifestyle is sin. Their whole lifestyle is off base. Their whole lifestyle is based on, well, there's not a God. I was uh, uh, looking at a movie last night when I was uh, having my insomnia attack, and it's called A Beautiful Mind, and it's about a guy, John Nash, who was a mathematician, a Nobel laureate. And, you know, so I, I just found him a really fascinating guy. And I looked up his Wikipedia, and what's the first word you see? John Nash was an atheist. Man, that hurts me these days. I don't want anybody to go to the lake of fire, and I don't want anybody not to have a spiritual life. I don't want anybody around me not to have heard from me that. The way to get to heaven is through believing in Christ. But there are so many people, so many smart people, so many wealthy people, so many accomplished people who just didn't get that done. I think about Steve Jobs all the time, dying at 56 years old. Brilliant man, kind of a jerk, but my goodness, you know, I, I just hope he's in heaven. I really hope he's in heaven. But you pay all this attention to the iPhone 15, and you pay no attention to the person who created you. The Lord freed us from guilt, the feeling of not being good enough, and the feeling of always falling short. Believers in Christ, are you always feeling that way? Are you always feeling you're not good enough? Well, newsflash, spoiler alert, you aren't good enough. Be comfortable with it. That's what the Lord wants from us. Because when we realize we're not good enough, then we have to count on someone. We have to be dependent. And there's nobody better to be dependent on than the Lord. Romans chapter 3, verse 23 says, All creatures have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 3.10, There is no creature who is righteous, not even one. We are not good enough. But the Lord made us righteous at the moment of salvation, stenciling plus R to our foreheads. And as June Murphy would say in one of her latest songs, the cross made us good enough. What the Lord did at the cross made us good enough. Amen? Amen, June? Amen. Amen. And no believer in Christ who feels guilty about sinning can say that they genuinely understand unconditional love and the things that the Lord did for us at the cross. And that's exactly what the liars want. They don't want us to know and, and to feel comfortable with the fact that Jesus Christ paid for everything at the cross. So who did God do all these freeing things for? You and me. Yet, Here's how the Bible describes us. Okay, so the Lord frees us, and yet the Bible describes us as we are. Romans chapter 3, if you're ever looking for something to do and you want to know who you really are, just pull that baby up. 
But Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9, it says, The heart of mankind is more deceitful than all else and is desperately sick. Who can even comprehend the depths of our depravity? We're sick. The Bible says we're nothing. Galatians chapter 6, verse 3, If a man thinks he's something when he's nothing, he deceives himself. James chapter 3, verse 6, describes how we use our mouths. And the tongue is a fire, the very world of iniquity. The tongue is set among our members as that which defiles the entire body. And the tongue sets on fire the course of our life. And the tongue is set on fire by hell. How do we use our mouths? I, I was thinking about my dad. He was, uh, he was really rough with his tongue. And I was thinking that if it wasn't for God the Holy Spirit, I would be that way. And, I mean, worse than I am already. You guys are, you are that way, uh, uh, Welcome to homecoming. <laughs> hey, thanks. <laughs> so it's, it's really laughable that any of us would think that we can impress God enough with our own works to save ourselves. My God, I've got so many friends who are part of the Church of Jesus Christ and Latter-day Saints, and thinking they're special because they don't drink alcohol, thinking they're special because they don't ingest caffeine, and thinking they're special because the soul exists in a pre-mortal state, and they make bodies so that God can put souls in the bodies. Come on. Come on. It's just laughable. Well, that's the kind of thing that the lying Judaizers propose, that we can contribute to saving ourselves. A yoke of slavery. No thanks. I'll be, what did did the Lord say? He said, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Galatians chapter 5, verses 2 to 4, give the bad news for those who choose to follow the Judaizers back into slavery to rules, rituals, and the law. Galatians 5.2, Behold, I, Paul, say to you that if you receive circumcision, Christ will be of no benefit to you. When you depend on your work in your relationship with God, you reject the work of Christ on your behalf, and that's really ridiculous. And the Judaizers wanted the Galatians to be more Jewish. Being in union with Christ makes you believers in Christ as Jewish as you can become. Wearing phylacteries and yarmulkes, those are the little hats that they wear on their heads, the yarmulkes. Phylacteries are these tassels that you see the rabbis wearing around their uh, waist when you go through the airport in New York City. Um, observing holy days like Hanukkah and the Feast of Booths and keeping the Sabbath. All of those things were teaching aids, but they did nothing to impress God. Rituals, rules, and laws send us back into slavery, the very slavery that the Lord freed us from.
In Galatians chapter 5, verse 2, Paul is saying to the Galatian men, if you let yourself be circumcised and think of it as a condition of salvation, then the Savior is of no value to you. If you can do your own salvation, why do you need Christ? If you're counting on laws, rules, and rituals to save you, then Christ is of no value to you. If you trust yourself for your salvation, it's a disaster. Christ is of no value to you. When you believers in Christ are evangelizing, do you make these things clear? Do you make it clear that God doesn't need our help? Galatians chapter 5, verse 3. And I, Paul, testify again to every man who receives circumcision that he is under obligation to keep the whole law. If there is a law and you break one of the laws, you're a lawbreaker. You have to keep all the laws to consider yourself perfect. Well, in the Mosaic Law, there are 613 laws that are part of the Mosaic Law. And what I want to know is how can you even remember them? much less keep them. When you count on the law, you're, cop, uh, you're, you're uh, obligated to keep all of the laws, every one, all the thou shall nots. But the truth is, you can't keep a single one. Once you break one law, you are a lawbreaker, guilty of breaking all the laws. God's grace and the Mosaic law are like oil and water. They just don't mix. This is slavery to the highest degree. Well, what do you prefer? Grace, the freedom to make mistakes without guilt, or the yoke of the law, which rubs your face constantly, and how bad you are. Which one of those do you prefer? So, Galatians chapter 5, verse 4. You have been severed from Christ, you who are seeking to be justified by law. You have fallen from grace. What a chilling indictment. To be a believer in Christ and to be severed from Christ. To be a believer in Christ and to fall from grace into the yoke of slavery. This is not a commentary about a believer's salvation. It is a commentary about what happens when you give up your freedom. The Galatians are saved. Romans chapter 8, verses 38 and 39 assure us, believers in Christ, that we can't be severed from God once we are saved. So this is how you can easily see something in the Bible and miss out on what Paul is saying. And if you don't take a look at the whole realm of the Bible, you'll miss it. Let's look at Romans chapter 8, verses 38 and 39. It says, I, Paul, am convinced that neither death nor life nor elect the angels who wouldn't, nor principalities, that's the demons, the fallen angels, who couldn't, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, Romans 8.39, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to sever us believers in Christ from the unconditional love of God the Father who is for us through our union with Christ Jesus. So being severed from Christ and falling from grace is a choice a believer in Christ can make after salvation. We can believe liars who tell us that we have to work to please God once we're saved. That's false. That robs you of freedom. Remember what Paul said in Galatians chapter 3, verse 3? 
Are you Galatian believers so foolish? Having begun your salvation by the baptism of God the Holy Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? The flesh can't perfect anything. It only perverts everything. And I was, I was thinking the other day about these television pastors. You know, I, there's so many people who follow these guys, and a lot of them are unbelievers. A lot of them are not teaching faith alone and Christ alone. They're teaching faith plus works, and they're castigating people. And, of course, these are the pastors who get donations out the wazoo. They get a lot of money. But they're teaching lies. And almost you'd almost have to think we prefer learning lies and living lies. So instead of taking on this yoke of slavery, we need to keep on trusting the Lord for everything. Jeremiah. Chapter 17, verses 7 and 8 say this, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose trust is the Lord. Do we have another? Jeremiah 17, 8. For he will be like a tree planted by the water that extends its roots by a stream, and it will not fear when the heat comes, but its leaves will be green and it will not be anxious in a year of drought, nor cease to yield fruit. We trusted the Lord for salvation. We are free when we trust Him for everything else. The Lord can make quite imperfect people produce fruit. The fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. The fruit that makes a huge difference in Satan's kingdom here on planet Earth. Well, when we return from the break, we'll take the offering, and then we'll continue our verse-by-verse study of the first passage in Galatians chapter 5. Take a five-minute break. Why you ever chose me has always been a mystery. All my life I've been told I belong. At the end of the line, with all the other not quite, with all the never get it right, but it turns out they're the ones you were looking for all this time, cause I'm just a nobody, trying to tell everybody, all about somebody, who saved my soul, ever since you rescued me. For the world to see Nobody but Jesus I'm living for the world to see Nobody but Jesus Moses had stage fright And David brought a rock to a sword fight You picked 12 outsiders Nobody would have chosen And you changed the world Well, the moral of the story is Everybody's got a purpose so when I hear that devil start talking to me, saying, who do you think you are? I say, I'm just a nobody, trying to tell everybody, all about somebody who saved my soul. Ever since you rescued me, you gave my heart a song to sing, I'm living for the world. 
Welcome back. Today's Bible lesson, God truly wants his people to be free. 
God truly wants his people to be free. Well, Nike has it right about athletics. They say, just do it. At Barah Ministries, we have a suggestion about generosity. Just give it. In Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9, the Lord says, Honor the Lord from your wealth and from the first fruits of all your produce. The Lord doesn't need us to give. He wants us to want to give as a reflection of him. Don't ever underestimate the power of your giving. When you give to Barah Ministries, you change lives. You may never hear how you make a difference while you're here on earth, but God knows the impact of your giving and the hope that it gives to people all around the world, and he'll share that with you when we get to heaven. You can donate to Barah Ministries on the website, on the app, through the mail, or in person. And if you're having difficulties donating, just let me know. I'll drive over to your crib and uh, pick up the dough because we need the money to keep running this bad boy. Let's welcome up Deacon Denny Goodall with one of his always inspiring offering messages. One, check, check. Check, check. One, two, one, two. Here we go. You might still listen, though, Denise. Good morning. Good morning. You have an ear, earbud to hear me? Good morning. Can you hear me? Can you hear me in the earbud? Okay, cool. It's picking it up. Good morning. My name is Denny Goodall, and I'm blessed to be a deacon for Bra Ministries. I'm blessed because Bra has taught me to say hallelujah through the hardships. It's not fun, but it's taught me that. It's, this is also a place where you can let your guard down, and we can have fun. We can also let each other know that none of us are strong enough to do this. We need God, and we need the crutch, right? And... <laughs> It's tough because on my vacation, I was miserable. I hurt my back probably three weeks ago playing with the kids, and I hate to blame it on the kids. It was really just me <laughs> acting like a young man. And I kind of was twisting and throwing them, and I felt something move, and I went for a couple weeks, and it hurt, it hurt horribly. I went to the Cairo. It got worse. And on vacation, I couldn't move. I had a pain down my leg. It was like it was on fire with electricity. And I was just looking out the window. I was laying in the bed looking out the window to the pool, and just jealous of people that could walk. <laughs> I was just jealous of people that can move and not have pain. And, and I had, you know, I think it was probably worse than the pain was admitting to myself that I'm OLD. <laughs> <laughs> I'm old now. I was like, no, this, this can't be. I still, you know, I still reference myself like 10, 15 years ago, but I'm not. I'm 46. I'm old. I can't do those things. And so, you know, on my vacation, struggling. My family's going to the zoo. They went to Legoland. They went to the beach, and I'm just in bed. And my first thought was just like Jesus said in Mark chapter 15, verse 34. At the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which is translated, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? (laughs) 
And so pastor uses expletives. Well, I was using expletives to our eternal father. So I think I might be worse. I was saying some nasty stuff. I'll be true on that. But then I thought in my head, I was thinking, you know, what is pastor going through? How many surgeries has he had? Surgeries on his eyes? I can't even imagine. Five surgeries? Oh, geez. It's just, how can I complain? You know, at least I'm on vacation with my family. And then I think about, you know, like, the other hard part is we all have family that's unbelievers, you know? And that hurts. We want that to happen now. We want that to change, you know? Why has God forsaken those people? Why has he forsaken us to get those, our family members, you know? And then you think, it's just like God. It's just like Jesus, the Lord, gave everything to Satan, wanted him to do everything, and Satan turned his back on him. You know, so how, how is our family not going to turn their backs on us at times? Just like God. And so as we go through life, we learn patience, and we learn just what it's like to be Jesus. But not as bad. Because when he hung on that cross, that's the worst pain ever. So my leg hurt, but nothing like Jesus. So it's easy to say hallelujah when just my back, you know, and I'm old. <laughs> but I want you guys to say hallelujah because it's time to give. And that might feel like a hardship, but it's an opportunity to worship. It's an opportunity to show, like Pastor said, give from your first fruits and not your last. And I actually wanted to add a verse. I got it from John Farley again. Um, to, I think it gives us a little answer to why we suffer as well. In Romans chapter 8, verse 20. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope, that the creation itself also will be set free from its slavery to corruption and the freedom of the glory of the children of God. We're children of God, you know? And so if I'm in pain or if we're in having surgeries, or if our family is not thinking like we want, you know, we're giving them all the opportunities we can, and they don't listen to us, and they do, they go down the wrong road, just like Jesus had to deal with. So if he can handle, if Jesus can handle, or if the Lord can handle everything that Jesus went through, he can certainly handle everything we can go through, you know. Change the mind of a silly young child, or the mind of an older man that doesn't think he needs to change anything, or, you know, the people that are still sitting on their wallets, didn't think I noticed, but I noticed. <laughs> but I really want to say thank you to Pastor. We appreciate all the work you go through and how much you torture yourself. And it's nothing like Jesus, but you certainly are close. So thank you for your help, and thank you for your giving to Barah Ministries. Hit it. <laughs>
Today's Bible lesson, God truly wants his people to be free. God truly wants his people to be free. Well, I'll tell you what, that Denny Goodall is one articulate OLD man, don't you think? He is articulate, he's funny, he's subtle, he's got that British humor where he gives you a little bit up here and then he winds it around and it comes back around on the guitar, it's awesome. So thank you for that great message, Denny. God truly wants his people to be free. Well, the Galatians had a problem many Christians have today. They got sucked in. They got duped by people with charismatic personalities. And it's always easier to follow people than it is to follow the word of God. Galatians chapter 5, verse 5 says this. For we believers in Christ, through God the Holy Spirit, by faith, are waiting for the hope, which is the absolute confidence of our imputed righteousness. Look at that. We believers in Christ, through God the Holy Spirit, everything we do is powered by the enabling power of God the Holy Spirit inside of us. And by what? By faith. By us placing our confidence in Him. And trusting that he's going to do exactly what he was destined to do. And so how do we make progress in the spiritual life? Through God, the Holy Spirit, by faith, and by hearing the word of God. Romans chapter 10, verse 17 says this, So faith comes from hearing, and hearing comes by the word of God, the word of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Jewish Messiah. God, the Holy Spirit, and faith are the roots of our unconditional love provided by God. We would not love unconditionally if it weren't for God. Psalm Psalm 1, verses 1 to 3 say this, How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners. And sinners is a reference to unbelievers, not believers in Christ. We are saints nor sit in the seat of scoffers, Psalm 1-2. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in the Lord's law, the blessed man meditates day and night, Psalm 1, verse 3. He will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither, and whatever he does, he prospers. You know, that, that is the coolest thing, right? No weapon formed against a believer in Christ will prosper. We always know that no matter what we're going through, God is going to take us right where he wants us to go. It's a beautiful thing. As believers in Christ, we're waiting for the day of righteousness when God completes what he started in us. The Lord can do for us that which we can't do for ourselves. And that's true freedom. Letting the Lord provide everything so we can rest in his promises. The Judaizers want to interrupt that serenity. It's one of the things that is really interesting to me in uh, the homecoming weekend because uh, the people who are at the house hanging out with me for a weekend get to see the introvert with the great social skills. Right now you're seeing the great social skills, but the introvert is, hey, would you people leave me alone so I can watch TV and be really quiet and take a nap? 
right? And what's, what's really interesting to me is how kind the people in Barah Ministries are to do the things that I need to have done, especially when I'm doing my invalid routine. And for the last five years, through COVID and all the rest, the Lord has been teaching me how to be weak. And that's something that I did not want to learn. It's something that you can't be when you're growing up in the ghetto. You can't show weaknesses, and so you learn to disdain weakness. But it's really amazing to watch how gracious the people of this congregation are, and especially this core root of people who are here this weekend who are just amazing human beings. Partnership-oriented people, not transactional people, not the Starbucks people get their little green straw and stick it in you and just start sucking and see what they can suck out of you. Because you can't have a relationship with a transactional person. But people who are genuinely who they are and who they are not and who respect who you are and who you are not and love you anyway. That is freedom. That's what the Lord is teaching us as believers in Christ. That's what I admire about the people who come to Barah Ministries. Because you know who you are, and you're bothered by who you are, but the Lord is not. The Lord loves you like crazy and is totally okay with who you are and who you are not. So as believers in Christ, we're waiting for the day of righteousness when God completes what he started in us. The Lord can do for us those things we can't do for ourselves, and that's true freedom. Letting the Lord provide everything so that we can rest in his promises is amazing, and the Judaizers want to interrupt that. Galatians 5, 6, For in union with Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything. It has no value at all, especially in the matter of salvation. But faith, working through unconditional love, means everything. What does our Lord want for his believers? The Lord wants you to send your roots deeply into his unconditional love for you. Listen to Paul's prayer in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 to 19. He says this, For this reason I, Paul, bow my knees before God the Father, Ephesians 3.15, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name, Ephesians 3.16, that God the Father would grant you believers in Christ according to his glorious riches, to be strengthened with divine power through his Holy Spirit indwelling the inner man. We're indwelled by God the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 3.17, So that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith. And so you may be rooted, agricultural analogy, and grounded, agricultural analogy, in unconditional love. Ephesians 3.18, so that you may be able to comprehend with all the saints, all the believers in Christ, what is the breadth and length and height and depth of unconditional love. It's a love that completely surrounds you on all sides. The Lord doesn't have our back. He has our back, our front, our side, our top, our bottom. Ephesians 3.19, And to know the unconditional love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. God wants you to be free, to be loved by him. And he wants you to pass along this unconditional love to others. 
Galatians chapter 5, verses 7 to 12 say this. You Galatians were running well, running the race of our lives that is laid before us. Who hindered you from obeying the truth of the word of God? It's always a who. Who is behind the infiltration of falseness within the Galatian churches? Well, it's the father of lies, Satan. His emissaries convince the Galatian believers to wander away from the truth. And it's just mind-boggling to me that believers in Christ today don't want to have any conversation about Satan, don't want to acknowledge that he exists, want to pretend like he isn't a factor in our lives. But Satan's emissaries convince the Galatian believers to wander away from the truth. Satan is always successful with people who allow themselves to be used. Why? Because he's a brilliant genius. He is persuasive. Many of these people that he lures are legalistic Christians. And when God's meaning from Scripture is changed to a different truth, a false gospel message, a false Christ, it's a lie. Galatians chapter 5, verse 8, This persuasion of the Judaizers did not come from the Lord who calls you. The Judaizers will suffer. What does the Lord have to say about people who are teaching lies? Pursuing the lies of false teacher is rejecting God and his word, and God doesn't lie to us. What does he have to say? He says in Galatians 5, 9, a little leaven leavens the whole lump of dough. Leaven makes dough rise. The leaven of the Judaizers makes lies rise. God is not fond of those who cause his believers in Christ to stumble by robbing them of the serenity of freedom. Matthew chapter 18, verse 6, you were talking about this, June, uh, yesterday. What does it say? It said, whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to stumble, it'd be better for him to have a heavy millstone hung around his neck and to be drowned in the depth of the sea. A millstone is about a 5,000-pound round stone that looks like a wheel. And imagine that on a chain hanging around your neck. And if it was, it would take you right to the bottom of the ocean where everybody could forget about you. The Judaizers will suffer a fate worse than death in the eternal state. Galatians 5.10 I, Paul, have confidence in those of you in union with the Lord that you will adopt no other view other than the true view of the word of God. But the one who is disturbing you will bear his judgment, whoever he is. The Lord wants his believers to stay away from religious yokes because evil spreads just like leaven spreads. A pinch of cocaine can become a $1,000 a day habit. Our confidence is in the Lord, a Lord of love, of mercy, of grace, our light, our protection from evil. We are free to let him do everything for us. Galatians 5.11, But I, Paul, believers in Christ, if I still preach circumcision as I, as I am being accused of by the Judaizers, why am I still persecuted by them? If I'm teaching what they're teaching, then they should get off my back. Then the stumbling block of the cross has been abolished. Paul says, if the Judaizers think I'm still preaching circumcision as part of salvation, then why am I the bad guy to the Judaizers? 
if I'm preaching what they're preaching, I'm their friend. But I'm not preaching what they're preaching. If I say, as they do, that you don't need the cross, then I would not be offensive to them. Next, Paul says, if you ask me what I want, Galatians 5.12, I wish that the Judaizers who were troubling you would even mutilate themselves. While they're getting circumcision, I would wish that they would emasculate themselves during the circumcision. Amen? Amen? That's an ouch. (laughs) The Bible never says anything like that. Yeah, okay, man. Galatians 5.13. For you believers in Christ were called to freedom. Only don't turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh. But through unconditional love, serve one another. In other words, Christians, don't act like unbelievers. Liberty is not a license. Romans chapter 5, verse 20 to Romans chapter 6, verse 2 says this, and there are no chapter breaks in the original languages, so the the chapter break between 5 and 6 in Romans did not exist. So this was just a flow. But here's what it says. It says, The law came in alongside of sin so that the transgression, the law-breaking, would increase. But where sin that is, law-breaking increased, God's grace abounded, overflowing all the more. Romans 5.21, The Lord provided grace abundantly in the presence of sin, so that as sin reigned as king in death, and that's our union from birth in Adam, even so, by means of the Lord's grace, we believers in Christ would reign as king through righteousness from our union with Christ. We are in Christ to eternal life, the resurrection life, through our union with Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 6.1 So what shall we believers in Christ say then face to face with all these things? Are we to continue in sin so that grace may increase? Romans 6.2 May it never be. Absolutely not. Ook! How shall we believers in Christ, the children of a king, We who died to sin as an established fact at the moment of our salvation still live in sin as if sin is still our master. Believers in Christ are made a new creation at the moment of our salvation. We have the power of Christ dwelling in us. We don't have to work to obtain salvation and we don't have to work to maintain salvation. But the Judaizers say otherwise. Galatians chapter 5 verse 14. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word, in the statement, you shall love your neighbor unconditionally as you love yourself unconditionally. None of us want to do that. Honestly, what what we want to do is watch how people treat us, and if they don't treat us well, we want to punch them in the face. We don't want to do that, but God the Holy Spirit doesn't let us believers in Christ do that because he teaches us how to love unconditionally. And one of the things you can do to love unconditionally most is shut your mouth. It's to not say things to people that they need to hear and that you want to say, but you choose not to say it. Amen? As part of our freedom, the Lord wants his believers to consider others as more important than self. Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 says this, Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, regard one another as more important 
than yourselves. Legalists don't understand this. They're transactional people. What are they doing? Galatians chapter 5, verse 15. If you bite and devour one another, take care that you are not consumed by one another. The religious argue with each other. The legalists consider themselves better than others. They are superiority freaks. The rules keepers, the scribes, and the Pharisees crucified Jesus Christ. Believers in Christ reflect the unconditional love of their God. Matthew chapter 22, verse 35, says this. A lawyer asked Jesus a question, testing him. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment of the Mosaic law? Matthew chapter 22, verse 37. And the Lord said to the lawyer, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Matthew twenty-two thirty-eight. This is the great and foremost commandment. Matthew twenty-two thirty-nine. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor unconditionally as you love yourself unconditionally. Is this what the Judaizers were doing? Did they infiltrate the churches in Galatia to love? Or did they infiltrate the churches to divide them? We must always be aware of the negative motives of those who wish to rob us of the freedom that comes from being Christians. Some advice for all believers in Christ. Galatians chapter 5, verse 1 says this, It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, keep on standing firm in the freedom. Don't ever be subject again to the yoke of slavery. A one word for that, relax. Relax. God's got you. Depend. Count on him. What do you need? Ask. What do you seek? Tell him and you'll find. What do you want? Knock, and it'll be open to you. Our God is amazing, and our job is to take advantage of him. Well, the closing moments of our lesson today could be the ten most important minutes of your life. We want you to know that God wants you. And what God wants you to know is that you can make the most important decision of your life right this minute. If you don't have a relationship with the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, you have the chance to be precious in God's sight. Psalm 116 verse 15 says, Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his godly ones, his saints, his believers in Christ. The fact that God wants you is a great thing to know as you get older because there will be a day when it is apparent to you that no one gets out of this life alive. What's going to happen to you when you close your eyes in this life? Will you go to heaven or will you go to hell? Well, God has an enemy, Satan, the ruler of this world, and he creates counterfeit lifestyles to blind your mind religions to mislead you into thinking you're on the road to salvation when you are not. Roman Catholicism is one of those counterfeits. Here's an excerpt from the Catechism of the Catholic Church. It says, Moved by the Holy Spirit and by charity, 
we can merit for ourselves and for others the grace needed from our, for our sanctification, for the attainment of eternal life. That's the Catechism of the Catholic Church, paragraph 2010. Satan wants you to think that you can work your way to heaven, earning your own salvation. He is lying. You can't. Romans chapter 11, verse 6 says, If salvation is by grace, and of course it is, first class condition if, it is no longer on the basis of your works. Otherwise, grace, as a free gift from the source of God, is no longer grace. It's no longer free. If you have to work for a free gift, then the work makes you deserve the gift. In salvation, there is no work that you could do that is impressive enough for God to save you. Also, Satan wants you to think you can pray for the salvation of others after they have died. You can't. It's too late for them then. The Lord provides us with the Bible to illuminate the path to heaven. John chapter 20, verse 31 says this, and says it eloquently, I might add, These things written in the Bible have been written, so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Jewish Messiah, the Son of God, the Lord, taking on human form, and that by believing in Him, you may have the resurrection life, eternal life, in His name. The Bible contains the Lord's exact thinking. It is your owner's manual for life, and it obliterates the delusion that any of us are good people in God's eyes. The Bible says we're all bad people. Romans chapter 3, verse 23 says, All creatures have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans chapter 3, verse 10 says, There is no creature who is righteous, not even one. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 22 says, All in union with Adam at physical birth, and that's every human being who has ever come to the earth, are set to die the second death in the lake of fire. Your condition of physical birth is not your fault, but it is your circumstance. The good news is that the Lord Jesus Christ did something about your problem. He has a plan for your salvation because he doesn't want anyone to go to the lake of fire. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9 says this, The Lord is not slow about his promise of salvation as some accuse him of, Instead, the Lord is patient toward unbelievers, not wishing for any of them to perish in the lake of fire, but for all of them to come to repentance, which is a voluntary change of mind about having a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. So how can you get to heaven? Right where you sit right now, you can tell God the Father that you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and that is the moment of eternal life for you. Acts chapter 16, verse 31 says, Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved by God, you and everyone in your household who also believes. The one way, the only way to get to heaven is through believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. John chapter 14, verse 6 says this, Jesus said to the doubting apostle Thomas, I am the way to salvation. I am the truth through the word of God, the gospel message. And I am the resurrection life, eternal life. And no one comes to God the Father in heaven but through believing in me. Who is this God who wants to save you? The Apostle Paul describes the Lord in Jesus, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 3 and 4. 
He says, I, Paul, deliver to you as of primary importance the gospel message I also received from God, that it was Jesus Christ who died for our sins according to the Old Testament scriptures, 1 Corinthians 15, 4, and that he was buried and that he was raised from the dead on the third day according to the Old Testament scriptures. Believing in Jesus Christ is your acknowledgement that you can't do a thing to get to heaven on your own. You confirm that being a good person does not get you to heaven. It's wiser to let God save you because once God does something, he never changes his mind. John chapter 10, verse 28 says, I give eternal life to believers in Christ and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. You can't lose your salvation. And if anyone tells you that you can, they are lying to you. Many people in this world think they don't need a savior because they are basically good people. These people are like those who defend themselves in a lawsuit. The joke in the legal community is anyone who represents himself in a lawsuit has a fool for a client. Acts chapter 4 verse 12 says this, There is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven that's been given among men by which we must be saved except the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Reject a relationship with Christ? In Matthew chapter 25, verse 30, the Lord shares the consequences. Throw out the worthless slave into the outer darkness, the lake of fire, and in that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So heed the warning in John chapter 3, verse 36. He who believes in the Son has the resurrection life right at that moment. But he who does not obey the command to believe in the Son will not see the resurrection life. Instead, the wrath of God, the lake of fire, abides on him. You can join a host of your believer friends in heaven when you close your eyes in this life simply by choosing to believe in Christ right now. Well, let's close with some music. A God who offers you the freedom to choose and then lays down his own life to ensure That freedom can only be described with one word, love. John chapter 15, verse 13 says, Greater love has no one than this, unconditional love. The unconditional love that lays down one's life for his friends. Let's listen to June Murphy sing about God and his demonstrated love. deepest needs A perfect love that's unconditional The Savior came to set us free so we could see His love He demonstrated love pure and unchanged That's never wavered love He demonstrated love Uncomplicated love That came to save us On the cross Christ demonstrated Undying love 
June if she wanted to sing this live and she said no man I don't remember the words and I said come on singers remember the words so I'm watching her mouth the words over here and she's mouthing some other song (laughs) like oh hell (laughs) that's not the right song this is different watch my lips (laughs) all right let us pray Almighty God and Father, thank you for reminding all throughout the New Testament, reminding us all throughout the New Testament about false teachers and false teaching. Since you had the writers of Scripture focus on this topic incessantly, in Colossians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, in the pastoral epistles to Timothy and Titus, And throughout all the Gospels, we know that this is something you want us to be on the alert about because listening to liars robs us of the peace of Christ, which surpasses comprehension. Teach us not to busy ourselves with the meaningless. Teach us instead to obsess about Christ and his word under the direction of God the Holy Spirit 
so that we can have the freedom you intended when you sent your son to the cross to die for us. We ask this through the power of God, the Holy Spirit. In Christ's name, say it with me. Amen. Amen. Discussing the lessons in prayer circles uh, right after this is next. If you've got biblical questions, ask the pastor. My email address is pastorofbaraministries.com. And keep on studying the Word of God. Thanks for coming. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Thanks especially for all my uh, non-resident congregation members who came down to the homecoming. Welcome home.